Whoa, what a morning. What a morning. Um, I am so, just so full of God that I just feel I'm going to just be a bit sloshy this morning, okay? So I hope that's all right. He is doing stuff, isn't he? He's in our midst. Isn't that amazing? The living God cares so much about us that he met us this morning. And that's the foundation that we get to listen to his word. That's the foundation that we get to explore his word together. That's the place we're in. Children of God, united together and exploring what he has for us this morning. What an amazing place to be standing this morning. What an amazing thing to happen. And uh, kids, it is so great to have you with us. I hope you're um, enjoying some of the things that are at the back, and I hope uh, there's a point where some of you have been asking me about one of the things that's at the back, and there's going to be a point when I lift this up. Can you look at a minute? There's going to be a point when I lift this up, and I take it out of its case, and then the things that you've been asking me about will make sense. So watch out when I pick this up, okay? So... Ah, God is good. So we have begun this series on sitting at Jesus' feet. And we had Dom open it up for us and and give us the the background and the context for this Sermon on the Mount that we're studying. And um, and then we had Darren, who spoke about flourishing. And then last week we had Andy Cooley, who came over, and he spoke about reward. And one of the highlights for me... Uh, in what he said was actually what he commented about this lovely piece of equipment we have here and how tall he felt it was because that made me feel really normal and really good because I find it really high. So um, that was really good. But actually, no, he had loads of other really brilliant stuff. So if you didn't hear that and if you didn't hear Darren's and Dom's, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to them. They're great. So this week we're looking at this theme of wholeness in the Sermon in Matthew, and we're going to look deeper at what um, Jesus means by wholeness, what it means, that this theme of wholeness that is in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, wholeness is a bit of a, a, bit of a word of the moment, isn't it? Um, it feels like to me it is. I'm coming across it a lot in my work um, and in, in my uh, sort of just like my hobbies and some of the things I do outside of church and outside of work. And uh, some of the words that we might associate with wholeness are words like harmony or well-being or unbroken, undamaged, without fault, perfect. And um, in these last few years, it does feel like there's a bit, been a bit of a shift towards the pursuit of wholeness. Um, it's, it's maybe been through the lens of health and well-being. We're hearing that a lot. Look after yourselves. Um, like look after your uh, your stress levels, like uh, make choices that are good for you and the limitations of lockdown, the isolation, the disconnectivity that we felt, I feel like that might have had an, a bit of an impact on some of those feelings and maybe the idea of wholeness. We've been cut off from uh, some of the things that defined the contours of our lives, important relationships, routines, going to work. And that can impact our sense of identity and our sense of 
wholeness. We can feel like there's gaps. I mean, I've definitely felt like that. Anyone else? I can't see you, so it's okay to put your hand up. (laughs) Um, So the reaction to that can sometimes mean that the pursuit of wholeness becomes like an external thing. It becomes like, well, if I do this, then I'm going to feel better, I'm going to have well-being, and it's going to make me feel more whole. If I do that, then I'll be healthier and I'll be fitter and then I'll feel more whole. Or if I, if I do the other thing, maybe I'll feel different. I'll feel, I'll feel like more myself or more whole. And taking care of ourselves is important. Taking care of our well-being is important. These things have been good for us to learn. Having a healthy approach to life is important. I'm myself making small changes and hoping that they will be having a big impact. Anil is learning to not eat meat as much. That is a challenge for him. We're making small changes to make us healthier, to have impacts. It's all good. (laughs) But it doesn't stop there, does it? As children of God, we need to go deeper. And wholeness is found in Jesus. Wholeness is found in walking with him. And so that's what we're going to be thinking about today. So if any of you have got your Bibles with you, I've got mine. I've got both of mine. If any of you have got your Bibles, then um, do you want to open it up to Matthew 5? Matthew 5, verse 43. And you might be surprised because the title doesn't say wholeness. It says, love your enemies. So let's read this. So it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So we've got love your enemies. We've got pray for those who persecute you. It's hard to see how that scripture at first glance points to wholeness as we understand it. And then there's this phrase, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And Jesus uses that to help us to see the theme of wholeness. And it's this word perfect that we're going to look at quite closely today. This word perfect, uh, the original is a word, now I'm probably going to train crash this pronunciation, but I don't care, I'm going to go for it anyway. The original word is a word that you say teleos, okay? So for those of you who are going to squirm all the way through this, if I'm getting that wrong, sorry, but teleos. Telios is the word that has been translated into this word perfect, okay? So when the translators came to translate this phrase in the Greek, there was this word telios, 
And it caused them a few problems. I can imagine it was probably quite frustrating. You can imagine this group of people around maybe, or maybe like, how am I going to explain this? They're just kind of trying to figure it out. Because there isn't one word that translates sufficiently into English that gives us the full meaning of this word teleos. So in our versions today, we've got the word perfect. But the truth is, we just don't really have an English word that properly sums up what this word teleos means. Now, I've hit this before, and and some of you who speak different languages might have hit this before. Um, There's some words in Sinhalese that Anil speaks that there isn't really a proper translation for. So I'll give you an example. There's this phrase, latalota, okay? Now, to Anil's mum, latalota means special things that she has in her cupboard that mean a lot to her, Okay? To Anil, Lata Lota is my drawer full of Tupperware that is annoying because the lids don't fit properly and he can't understand why I'm keeping it. (laughs) To me, Lata Lota is uh, some of my special favourite photographs and uh, mementos of some of the places that we've lived and when my children were little. And so it means kind of, there's not one word. You can see there's not one word that's going to mean latalota. Some people would say treasure. Other people would say junk. (laughs) Okay? So it's kind of like, you get the picture. So for this this, um, word, teleos, it's like the same kinds of things happening. So when, when Anil's trying to explain to me this, latalota phrase I need context I need examples and then I can understand what it means so that's what we're going to do as we look at this word today we're going to have some context and we're going to have some examples so stay with me and hopefully by the end you'll understand what teleos means like I understand what latalota means okay so context for the passage. So within the passage, um, it's quite intimidating, isn't it? Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So this word teleos. So Jesus is describing in this passage the kingdom. He's describing a greater righteousness and that's leading to a life of love and imitating the father. Now here I'm going to stop because Jonathan is preaching on this next week and he's sitting right there so I don't really think it's going to be wise for me to go any further because he's going to have some treasures for us for next week. So that's the context of the passage and hopefully the way that this preaching series has been designed, this is going to happen quite a lot where the themes that we're talking about are kind of interlinking and next week will make more sense of this week as well as next week. Does that make sense? (laughs) So what about the context of this word teleos and how it's used in the New Testament? So in Hebrews 5 and in James 1, this word appears again. And this time, in that context, it means mature. And then in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14, it appears again. And this time it's used to mean a completeness in relation to being mature and a completeness in relation to the wisdom of God. So we've got um, those two examples. And then we've got in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, we've got 
perfect in relation to love and mature in relation to thinking. So it's all pointing towards uh, like a completeness in relation to the fullness of God. Are you with me? Are you all with me? Okay. This was hard, man. I've got a lot of work into this. <laughs> um, so then we've got context in relation to some parallel passages. So this is why it's so good to study your Bible. This is why it's so good to get into it, because you miss this. If you just read, be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect, you might think that you actually have to be perfect in your own strength. You might try and be perfect in your own strength, but that's not what God means. That's not what this is about. So in these parallel passages, we've got Leviticus 19 and we've got Luke 6. So um, when Jesus speaks, when he says, you've heard it said, um, but I say to you, um, he's quoting these passages from the law of, Mo- uh, law of Moses in Leviticus. And so this would have been really familiar to the people who were listening to him. They would know that. Uh, they would they would recognise some of the things he was saying. But he doesn't quote that passage exactly. Because um, in Leviticus 19, verse 2, it says, Be holy, because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, be talios. He says, be perfect. And then in Luke 6, when Luke is writing about this same context of Jesus' teaching, Luke writes the words of Jesus as, be merciful, just as your father is merciful. So you can imagine me sitting there writing all this down, okay? So now I've got perfect in relation to love. Then I've got mature in relation to thinking, mature and complete in relation to wisdom. It's like one of those TikTok things where they point and they've got all these labels that come up, yeah? So we've got perfect in relation to love, mature in relation to thinking, mature and complete in relation to wisdom, and the idea that it relates to being as the Father is. We've got all of these ideas going on. I needed quite a lot of coffee when I was studying for this preach, okay? And I kept sitting back. I'm going to be so real with you. I kept sitting back, and I kept going, Jonathan, this is so hard! And then I kept going, why doesn't it just make sense? What does it mean? But I really feel like Jesus just wanted to meet me in that. And I feel like that's what it's like sometimes when we walk with God. He wants us to experience those, experience those times where we can't get it in our own understanding. We need him. We need his help. We need his spirit in us to speak to us and help us understand. It would have almost been easier at one point for me when I thought about this to go, well, we'll just be perfect. <laughs> we'll just be perfect. But we can't be, can we? Let's be real about this. We can't be. Um, we're not. But then I found this. Kiddos at the back. I found this. This was really helpful to me. I was very excited about this. This is a pirate's telescope. Okay. I'm not sure which pirate, but I'm, I'm going to say it was a pirate's telescope. And this is Telios, Okay. So it's the idea that we grow and we unfold, we extend one stage at a time to a place of completeness that brings us to a function of full strength. So the thing about this telescope is like this, it's not going to work properly when it's pushed in. But when it's extended... It's going to be, you're going to be able to focus. You can't 
focus on it when it's not extended because it would be blurry. So there's a completeness to its unfolding for it to be clear. And when the view is in focus and is clear, it points to something. You can see something. You get to see something far off in greater detail. Something that you can't reach, but you get to see its beauty and its magnificence. And it makes you want to reach it. So the whole point of the word teleos is to point to something, to see it in greater clarity. So we have this developing picture of a completeness in relation to maturity, wisdom and love a consistency and a wholeness in him, in God, that relates to a fullness of the Father. But why? What was Jesus saying to those that were listening? What did it challenge? So the original listeners were sitting at Jesus' feet and they lived in a time where the Pharisees were seen as these deeply religious people. They preached obedience to the law of Moses and they had actually won the hearts of people in general. And uh, again, Andy blessed me so much last week. He mentioned this book, Straight to the Heart, the Straight to the Heart series. It's a great series, actually, to just explore deeper. And um, I've got this copy about Matthew and it's really blessed me. And well, in, in this book, um, Fillmore says this, that the Pharisees had done everything humanly possible to bring Israel back to God. But that was the problem. They'd done everything humanly possible. And what Jesus was describing in the Sermon on the Mount was what was possible in the kingdom. Jesus was describing what was divinely possible. So the Pharisees, they had these lists of rules. They had instructions about how to atone when the rules were broken. But the thing is, for fallen humans... They can't sanctify themselves. They can't heal themselves. They can't make themselves whole from the outside in. Troubles come, surface cracks, and holes inside are revealed. They need to be saved and transformed. We need to be saved and transformed from the inside out. And that was what Jesus was there to do. When Jesus became man, when he walked on this earth, when he died on the cross... When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for sin. We've been singing about it this morning. I'm blessed. Jesus is enough for me. It's because of the work that he did on the cross. He did it so that we could be transformed from the inside out. And then we got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he comes and when he dwells in us, He continues to set us free from the power of sin. He continues to change us from the inside out. So Jesus was showing these people sitting at his feet what the kingdom looks like. It wasn't about religious rules. It wasn't about regulation. It was about relationship. And the Pharisees missed it. They stuck to their rules. They stuck to their surface religion. They did what was humanly possible. But Jesus was saying, there's a better way. There's a more complete way in him. And those who pursued it, well, it would set them apart. It would show itself. He said in, that, in this um, scripture that we've read, he said, the sun would rise for all, the rain would fall for all, and anyone could love someone who loved them. 
back. But those who would love their enemies, those who would pray for those who persecuted them, they would be able to do it in a strength and a grace from God. And what would be the sign of teleos? What would be the sign of this telescope idea? It would point to an authentic relationship with God. It would point to a life complete and mature in him. Why? Because that kind of love, loving your enemies, that kind of grace, praying for those who persecute you, would be lived out in ways that would reveal the Father. That's kind of amazing, right? It's amazing. So what does it mean for us today? What does it mean? Where are the Pharisees? How do we, what does it mean for us today? Well, Jesus wants us to be complete. He made us whole on the cross. We know that. He made us whole. But what, what are we missing? Why, why is this important for us today? He wants our faith to be lived out. He wants us to live in a way that points to something. It's about a connection between this internal transformation that's happened through Jesus. And it's about how that impacts our external life. Jesus is passionate about our hearts, isn't he? We felt that this morning, the, the way that our hearts rose in worship, the way that the words that were coming, it, it's about relationship. He's passionate about us. He wants us to have a life that is real, full of integrity, not one driven by works and, and desire to, to please him in works, but driven by a desire to walk with him, to walk with God, to know him. He wants for us to walk in a way that um, reduces this gap between the faithfulness on the inside and faking it on the outside. Anyone else? I can't see your hands if you put them up, but you'll make me feel like I'm not alone. We all do it sometimes, don't we? We all do it. He He wants us to live with this integrity, not to make it hard for us, It's, it's so that our lives point to him so clearly. It's about a consistency and realness of godly integrity that makes a heart stand out. Andy mentioned it again last week. This, this guy, Phil Moore, who wrote this book, he saw lives lived out. He saw, he read the Sermon on the Mount and it made him think of people in his life, people around him. It made it real. There was integrity in, in what, was, what he was reading because he could see it. It's so powerful to those around us. It's just so powerful. This is as, this is as real now as it was to, as when, the, when Jesus was speaking to the people around him then. It's real. This, uh, this culture that we live in, the times that we're living in, authenticity is such a powerful voice, isn't it? Um, it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we don't get it wrong, but it means that we're real about it. It means there's authenticity about it when we do. We fall. We mess up. 
Hands up, we do. But we live in an authentic and complete way. We need to, that's how we need to respond to the times when we make mistakes and we fall. We need to live knowing with maturity that what we, when we confess our sin, when we confess our mistakes, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins. You can read that in 1 John. So how do we do it? Well, we need to be real about our need for God. And I really feel like we were today. I feel like that's where we went with worship. It's, it's where we went. We, haven't, we, haven't, we have nothing, do we? But we have everything in him. He's given us everything. He's enough for us. It's so wonderful to worship together. It was so wonderful. It was so freeing to, to sing those great words today. Team, you did a great job can't see where you are you did a great job um so we need to be real about our need for god we need to be real about the ways that we stumble we need to seek god we need to seek the kingdom we need to abide in jesus seek relationship in him and we need to focus on the walk over and above the works we need to pursue relationship it's not about works and great endeavors for God as much as it's about the walk the pursuit of this relationship the wholehearted completeness in him so that when people look through our lives they see him they see him in detail they see his magnificence they see his faithfulness they see his glory they see his majesty they see his provision they see his beauty his grace his peace His new mercies that he pours out on our lives each day. His new grace that he strengthens us with so that we can defeat the things that cause us to struggle. That's what they need to see in our lives. And it's not through pretending everything's perfect. It's by being complete in him. So I read this uh, passage. There's, There's this last verse about be perfect. I read this from the message and I just feel like it really helps... I'm going to close with this, and I'm going to, then I'm going to talk about some areas of response. But if the band can come up, that would be great. So this is what it says in the message. In a word, teleos, in that word, in a word, what I'm trying to say is grow up. You are kingdom subjects, so live like it. Live out your God. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously, live graciously towards others the way that God lives towards you. And I feel that there's three areas of response today. And I'd love us to be able to be free to move around today because we can. It's, it's, it's an amazing moment of, you know, that, it's like that first hug, isn't it? After not being able to see family, after not being able to be close to people, it's like that first moment where we can draw closer together as a church. And I know that there may be people that aren't comfortable with that, and that's absolutely fine. But if you, if, if you find that one of these areas just um, resonates with you, I just want to encourage you to, to come forward. And we, we'd love to pray together. Um, wear your masks. Um, let's, let's be safe. If you don't want to come forward, that's fine too. There's no pressure. But here's the three areas of response.
First of all, I feel like we just need God's grace to live like this. We can't do it on our own, in our own strength. Um, some people might just feel like they just want more of God. They want to dis- make a decision to walk with God in a deeper way. And that would be a great way to respond to this challenge of completeness in God. But also, I had a picture of, um, well, there were trees blown down. And God really brought that back to me. Um, as we've been driving around after the storms, some of these trees that were exposed. And then um, I was reading some other things about it. And um, it just, I just felt like for some, there's some storms that have come and some things have been uprooted. Things that you thought were strong. And where you thought you had a sense of completeness and maturity. And so there's a bit of confusion in your mind. You're walking through a bit of confusion about how things look and where things are going. And I just felt God saying it. He wants to uproot things to make space for new things to grow. And the uprooting is to make space for some new planting. Um, I feel he wants to remind you of your first love. Those sapling days the, and um, the passion that you had and the wonder of growing in him. Do you want to just play a little bit? And then also I uh, had this, uh, God reminded me about the sinkhole that happened at my office. Uh, sinkholes are about when the surface looks strong. He really was taking me back to all the times that I'd walked over the area that ended up sinking. And all the time I walked over that area, there was this hole underneath it. We just didn't know it was there. And um, the thing about sinkholes is the surface looks strong. But you know that underneath there are places of weakness that could give way. And sinkholes get exposed after lots of rain. And I feel sometimes it's almost like For some people, they've been resisting getting too deep with God because his Holy Spirit is like rain and they're scared of what will happen if the surface cracks. But I just felt God speaking to me that he wants to reassure you that you're safe, that he knows and he wants to fill the spaces with peace and joy. And it's time, it's time to feel this fullness of God. He wants to come in and he wants to fill these empty spaces. It's time to feel the fullness of God. It's time to feel the completeness of God in him.